Take your Bibles tonight, join me in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, as we continue through this letter. Philippians chapter 4, let's read verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. All right. We considered verse 4 last week, where we are told to rejoice in the Lord at all times. Our joy is to be in the Lord, not in our outward circumstances. Rejoicing isn't to begin from a position of great circumstances in our life, because we can't control circumstances all the time. Amen? Uh, Don't allow joy to be a victim of your emotions, but you must learn to make it a servant of your will. And you cannot allow your joy to be tied to the outside, those things outside of your control. Because if you do, your joy is going to be unattainable. If you are one who has lost your joy, then somewhere you have allowed your circumstances to be the driver of your joy instead of staying focused on who the Lord is. And something that I did not cover last week, it could be that you have unconfessed sin in your life and that's robbing you of your joy. Remember when David finally got his heart right with the Lord after all that happened surrounding Bathsheba in Psalm 51, David asked God to create in him a clean heart, renew a right spirit within him. And then he said this in Psalm 51, In verse 12, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. So sometimes it may not be a result of outward circumstances. It could just be the fact that you've got sin in your life and it's robbing you of your joy. Now, unconfessed sin can lead to the circumstances that also (laughs) make you feel like you you can't have joy. So get your heart right with God. Amen. And that'll help you be joyful in the Lord. So what's keeping you from rejoicing in the Lord? If it's sinfulness, confess it. And have the joy of God's salvation restored unto you. If it's your circumstances that's keeping you, then um, purpose that you're not going to allow joy to be driven by your emotions of what's happening around you. Because those things always are in flux. All right, that was last week. Let's get to tonight, verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. What is your moderation? Let your moderation be known unto all men. Well, I believe we can define it as your gentleness, your mildness, your patience, we're told that we are to let it be known unto all men. All are to see the moderation that we have in the Lord. All should be able to tell there's something different about us. This doesn't mean that we are to pridefully try to show people that we're something. Let me pridefully show you how humble I am. (laughs) You've met those kind of people, I'm sure. We're not making an open show of our moderation. So we're not being fake 
in our outward display to other people. We're not being two-faced. But this is to be a defining quality of who we really are in Christ because in Christ, as His children, we supposedly are learning to die to ourself. Therefore, we should be able to let our moderation be known to all men because we are learning gentleness and patience and meekness and all of those things. Our moderation is us being able to forbear. It's when we choose peace instead of strife and contention. What I'd like for us to do is take a journey through some scriptures tonight. And we'll first be in Luke chapter 6. Please follow along if you will. I want to look at some different verses that tell us, describe for us this moderation that we are to have in the Lord. Last week I did a lot of talking. This week we're going to do a lot of letting the Word of God do the talking. Luke chapter 6. Look at verse 27. And we'll read to verse 36. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. And so I'm just going to try to build a picture here of what letting your moderation known, be known looks like. And, and we see here we're to love our enemies. It's, it's difficult, but we have to turn the other cheek sometimes. We should treat others as we want them to treat us. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. I think I have all these in order. For the benefit of the saints. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, look at verses 16 through 21. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire 
on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'll summarize all these when we get back to Philippians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's look at verses 1 through 8. Dare any of you having a matter against another go to the law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then ye have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to the judge who are least esteemed in the church. I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother goeth to law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now therefore there is utterly a fault among you, because ye go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take the wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Nay, you do wrong and defraud, and that your brethren. 1 Corinthians 8. Verses 9 through 13. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see thee which has knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend or to fall. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 14 and 15. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Go to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 verses 1 through 8. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward all man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly, abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou confirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Hebrews chapter 13. Stay with me. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. 
Let your conversation or your life be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. James chapter 3, beginning in verse 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 through 23. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow His steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in His mouth. Who when He was reviled, reviled not again. When He suffered, He threatened not, but committed Himself to Him that judgeth righteously. Last passage before we go back to Philippians. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8-12. through 12. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love his life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Thank you for your patience. Go back to Philippians chapter 4. Go back to our text in verse 5. Let me summarize what I just read to you as we talk about letting your moderation be known unto all men. I believe by reading those, I think, ten passages, it gives us a better definition of, of what this means in our life and how we are to display our moderation to everyone around us. So we saw we are to love our enemies. We do to others as we want them to do to us. Like our Heavenly Father, we're to be kind to the unthankful. We're also to be kind even to the evildoers. We are to be merciful as God is merciful. We don't reward evil to the one who has done us evil. We try to live peaceably with all men. We don't avenge ourselves, but we allow God to deal with them. We overcome evil by doing good. We try to deal with matters internally, if at all possible. You got an issue against another believer? We should be able to handle that within the church, the Bible says. Because when we go to the law and we go to the unbelievers to settle matters against believers, we are giving the enemy a way to reproach our church. 
And they say, if that's how believers act, then I don't want anything to do with it. And so we're different. And, and we, we need to try to deal with things internally. We need to deal with being wronged and being defrauded. We don't use our liberty to cast a, a stumbling block before somebody just because there's a weaker believer and, and they don't quite have your level of spirituality or they don't quite have your standard of, of in, in context there, of eating this, which had been sacrificed to an idol. Those who are weaker in the faith, we're to be mindful of that. We're not to just try to get them to lower their standard. Well, I think their standard's crazy. Yeah, I do too, but I'm not going to sit there and lower it. Let every man walk with God as he is convinced. Let them have a clear conscience with God. You don't have to shove your morality, your standards upon them. Let the Holy Spirit work. Let the Holy Spirit do the changing in their life. And so, Paul says, we don't want to cast a stumbling block before the... And he calls him a weaker brother. He said, we don't want to cast a stumbling block before them. We don't want to trip them up. Amen. So just because we have more liberty than somebody else... We just need to yield ourselves to their standard while in their presence. Amen. I mean, listen, there's, there's certain things that are not expressly stated in the Bible. We are to be patient toward all men. We don't render evil for evil. We follow that which is good. We perform good works. We don't speak evil of others. But instead we show meekness. Because this is what is profitable. Now, we, we have to learn to live without covetousness. That was one of the things. Let your moderation. You're learning to live with contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And so we have to learn to not be covetous. Just be content with what you have. Live in moderation. A lot of people haven't learned that, and that's why they're in debt up to their eyeballs because they can't help it. They gotta have, gotta have, gotta have, gotta have, gotta have. Moderation. Paul, he's gonna write later in this chapter in verses 11 and 12 Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere, and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And it's interesting because the next verse we'll, we'll see later in this study, not tonight, verse 13, one of everybody's favorite verses, I can do all things through Christ with strength with me. Well, do you even understand the context in which that's being stated? It's being stated in the context of I've learned to be low, I've learned to be high, I've learned to just be content. And no matter the state I'm in, I can do it. I can do it through Christ. Amen. So we let our life demonstrate meekness and wisdom by doing good. We're to be peaceable, gentle, easily entreated, which is another way of saying we're not obstinate. We're to be full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. We're to try to make peace. We're to endure grief when we suffer wrongfully. We are to follow Jesus' example by not having any guile or deceit in our mouths. If we're reviled, we're not reviling again. If we suffer, we're not threatening retaliation, but we commit ourselves to God who is able to judge on our behalf. We don't have to take everything in our own hands. He'll judge righteously. We have compassion and love for each other. We are pitiful or, or we are sympathetic to each other. We are courteous to each other. We don't render evil or railing against each other, but rather we bless one another. 
We don't speak evil. We eschew evil. And we do good. And we seek peace. And we pursue after it. Those are all attributes of letting your moderation be known before all. The true Christians ought to have the best testimonies in society. Amen. As you think about Paul writing this to this church in Philippi, this passage, let your moderation be known unto all men, it was extremely important because of where they lived. They they lived in Philippi. It was all Roman through and through. It was a miniature Rome, the, the same customs, the same wickedness you had in Rome, you had in Philippi. They hated Christians. They liked to persecute them. It, it was one and the same with, with all intents and purposes. And so he tells these believers living in this wicked society, let your moderation be known unto all. You live differently. You've likely heard the old saying, when in Rome. And people will say that as a way of saying, when you're in a different environment, when you're in a different culture, you adopt that culture in order to not quite stick out as much. So when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Well, Paul here, what he's telling them is, because they had a lot of wickedness in in Rome and therefore in Philippi, if you're going to adopt that mindset as a believer in Christ, then you are going to be living in direct contradiction to God and His Word. And so what Paul is telling them here is, uh, just because you're in a smaller version of Rome, don't do as the Romans do. You need to come out from among them and be separate. You need to rise above the wickedness and the evil in your society and demonstrate that you know somebody. That you know God. Amen. Don't forget who you represent out there. You represent God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And as His child, we ought to be demonstrating to people that, yes, we are different. We now live in a society today, it's, it's wicked. And it is ever increasing in wickedness. It's getting worse. It's, it's being thrown at us from all angles. And in some cases in the public schools now, it is being forced upon our children. We must live in such a way that our righteousness will stand in direct contradiction and direct reflection and that our righteousness will show their corruption. We should should live in a way that we are standing for righteousness because we understand that if God's people don't, nobody will. We are to live above the mire of this world. And if we will do this, we'll be letting our moderation be known unto all men. Did any of you happen to see the fight that broke out at the Golden Corral in Philadelphia? Forty people got in a brawl because they ran out of steak or something like that? Look, it was on. People were throwing like the baby high chairs at each other and the big old heavy tables and I mean, it was ridiculous. That's the opposite of letting your moderation be known. Listen, if you're at the Golden Corral here and they run out of fried shrimp or whatever, don't throw a temper tantrum. You're not letting your moderation be known. So what is your reputation like? In your neighborhood? At your job? At your school? 
in your home, or even in your church? Are you one who when things don't go just your way, you immediately fly off the handle and make sure everybody else is going to get an earful? Well, they didn't do this just right, and by George, they're going to hear about it. Yeah, because you're such a big man that you can't control your temper. Somebody say amen. This is Bible. The Bible says that if you're angry like that and you can't control your temper, you deal foolishly. You stir up strife. You abound in transgression and you exalt folly. Proverbs 16.32 says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. Their strength having... What, what, is, what do they say meekness is? Strength under control? Something like that? Listen, their strength when you keep your, un, your anger under control. When you're able to resist the urge to just lash out. Are you one who shows your road rage? <laughs> well, I feel like I'm up in somebody's living room all of a sudden. <laughs> Let me get a sip of water. Did you see the footage the other day of the man in Miami? And he was driving down the interstate, I think it was, and somebody behind him wasn't driving the way he wanted, so he did one of those brake taps, you know. Started saying some things. Anyway, old dude, he, he drives around the other side, and they just start shooting at each other, going down the interstate. Emptied several rounds into each other's cars. Thankfully, nobody got hurt. That's not letting your moderation be known, Okay. So are you, the, are you that one when somebody isn't driving too good and they cut you off that you let them know about it with your outburst and your hand gestures? Throw in your little fit and then as, they, as you pass them because you, you know, you're going to show them that they see the Liberty Baptist Tabernacle sticker on the back of your car. There's a reason I have no stickers or no Jesus fish. Or, amen. This is for me, okay. My life verse, you know, the driving is like the driving of Jehu, for he driveth furiously. Amen. Anyway, are you that wife who is sweet while you're out and about and at church, but at home you constantly nag and berate your husband? I knew it'd get real right there. Are you that husband who is understanding to those who you interact with at work? But then when you get home, you're a complete jerk to your wife. Are you that parent who jumps all over your children for doing exactly the same things you do wrong? Do you just constantly fight with them and criticize them and run them down, never encouraging them? This verse tells us you let your moderation be known to all men. And that includes our families. It's disgraceful to me when a man can act like a gentleman to every other woman around, but not toward his wife. And it's disgraceful for those women, those women who can work outside the home and show their male boss all kind of respect and then come home and not even try to reverence their husband. That's a problem. Many marital problems, family problems... They could be in a much better state if families would just learn to let their moderation be known to each other. 
Learn to be gracious, forgiving, patient. Since I already mentioned one saying about Rome, let me do another one. There's a saying that Rome wasn't built in a day. It took time. Likewise, marriage and raising children, it takes time. You can't expect immediate perfection in someone because it took all of us time to learn how to walk with God. And when something takes a lot of time like relationships, then it's going to take letting your moderation be known. You're going to need gentleness and patience. And you're going to have to learn to allow God to work in their lives without you constantly beating them up. Let the Holy Spirit work. But we want to take matters in our own hands and we want to constantly beat down this husband or or beat down this wife or beat down these kids. There's no moderation. And then we wonder why things blow up. Listen, it takes time. It takes time. I've said this many times. Usually, almost every circumstance the woman begins to be the most spiritual and she'll come to church and the husband will eventually come along. Just the way it is. That's how it happened in our life. That's how it happens in a lot of people's life. But ladies, once your man comes along and he starts trying to lead that family, you need to step back and let him lead. You need to let your moderation be known. You need to be patient. You see, a lot of our problems are simply because we're not willing to be gentle and and meek. Isn't it amazing that the Bible says, as much as lieth within you, Live peaceably with all men, but somehow we cannot find peace in our own homes. God's children should be known as those who desire to be at peace with one another and with all as much as it is possible. Proverbs 15.1 says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Now, in case anybody's wondering, just to be clear, I'm not saying we're to be a bunch of pushovers as believers. I do believe there's a time to fight for our liberties. I do believe there's a time to stand against certain mandates. I do believe we're still to preach against sin. But we can do all these things with the right spirit. We can do so, but still desire peace. We can do so and not try to take the place of God in the process. And on an individual level, we can learn to turn the other cheek. We can learn to go the extra mile. We can learn to give them our coat also. We can let our moderation be known. The key is that we desire to have a good testimony and not to bring reproach upon the name of Christ. We don't want to give an occasion for the enemy to speak against us and His church. Against Christ and His church. Finally, at the end of verse 5, We read, the Lord is at hand. So how does this statement fit in to letting your moderation be known unto all men? It almost kind of seems to come out of nowhere. You know, know, be be peaceful, be gentle, be meek, be patient. The Lord is at hand. Well, I've tried to establish letting your moderation be known unto all. It's going to require you to learn to take the high road in life. There's going to be situations where you're just going to have to take it. That's what, Jesus, that's what Paul was saying to the, the folks in Rome. Sometimes you're going to be defrauded. Sometimes you're going to suffer wrongfully. It's life. 
But you have to choose as a child of God whether or not you're going to blow that out of proportion, lose your testimony, bring reproach upon Christ and this church. Well, the Lord is at hand. Sometimes when you choose peace, you're going to have to swallow your pride and not take matters in your own hands. Knowing the Lord is at hand. This was a phrase used to remind believers that the Lord's going to take care of our enemies for us. He will exercise judgment. He will reward the evildoer. We don't have to get a posse up in here, the Liberty Posse, amen, who goes around and guns down everybody. <laughs> okay, that's not, okay, I started to have happy thoughts there. I need to focus. We don't have to take our own measures, but we trust God will work in His time and in His way on our behalf. Remember that when Jesus was reviled, He reviled not again. When He suffered, He didn't threaten retaliation, but He committed Himself to Him that judgeth righteously. And that's the idea here in verse 5. Let your moderation be known. Live as peaceably as you can with all men. Yep, you're going to be taken advantage of from time to time. But remember this, the Lord is coming back. The Lord is at hand. He is the judge. He's going to handle things and He's going to deal with it. Just let Him work in His way. Commit yourself to God. Deuteronomy 32.35 To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time. For the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. God says, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to deal with it. Proverbs 20, verse 22, Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and He shall save thee. Proverbs 24, 29, Say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. The Bible says don't do that. And last of all, tonight I want to remind you that when you let your moderation be known to all, you are in reality showing God to others. We are a reflection of God's attributes, or we're supposed to be. Psalm 103, verses 6 through 14 say, The Lord executeth righteous, righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known His way unto Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will He keep His anger forever. Listen to this. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. For He knoweth our frame, He remembereth that we are dust. So we need to have those same attributes in us as well as we go about our day-to-day lives and interact with those around us. Remember, they're just sinners behaving as sinners behave. We were no different. Paul said, you who were once in darkness. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget that you had problems and probably still do. Amen. But remember that we're to be a reflection of God. We're to show mercy and grace. We're not to deal with every situation as it may deserve in our minds. Why? Because that's not how God has dealt with us. If we got what we deserved, we'd all be in the devil's hell tonight. He loved us when we weren't lovable. He extended mercy when we were still His enemy. He was gracious when we didn't deserve it. He saved us and He cleansed us when we were filthy. 
God never gave us what we truly deserved. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We're to show that example. So let's follow the Lord. Let's let our moderation be known to all of those around us. Amen? Let's bow and have a word of prayer.